0: The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Our Africa Business Report uh, is coming up in just a moment. Diana Games from uh, the business consultancy Africa at Work. And she wants to talk about the Davos agenda. This time last year, Takiso, my producer, and I were in Davos in Switzerland. And it was marvellous. We had a great time. Uh, It was very, very cold. It was very, very snowy, as it has been very snowy in Europe this week. Um, And uh, it was really, really interesting. This year, it's all happening online. And I can't bring myself to sit on a Zoom call and watch the World Economic Forum. I'm getting the summaries and things, and some of it's quite interesting. But it it seems to have lost its impact, uh, I'm afraid. Um, in the virtual world. And that's a great pity because it's a very good gathering and I think it has a positive impact. That's not a popular view. Um, But then you'll find that most of the people who do tend to criticize Davos are people who have not ever been there. Diana Games, in just a moment, I see that we have got her on the line. She's chief executive of Africa at Work. We'll talk to Koki Koim. Oh, there's Diana Games. She's on Zoom. She was on the phone, then she was on Zoom. She gets around, uh, does Diana Games. Corky Koeman, our headmaster of the investment school, coming up just after Eyewitness News at half past seven. Um, The Davos agenda, have you been glued to your screen, Diana Games? (laughs)
1: Well, I wouldn't say glued, uh, Bruce. Um, I I especially went on there to look this up for tonight. But I have been following a little bit of it. I mean, it is the landmark event on the global agenda. And and I, too, was there um, last year. And it did strike me uh, soon after when when COVID kind of flooded the world that uh, there was absolutely virtually no mention of COVID, nor was there any one drop of social distancing in the whole of that Davos uh, forum last year. So it just shows you how quickly the world has changed that here we are today it's just a year later Um, I
0: I like to I like to reminisce on the fact that this time last year when we were there and I didn't see you and it's not a big place I don't know why you were hiding Um, but uh, while we were there Donald Trump was unstoppable Donald Trump was the king of the heap Donald Trump was celebrated people you know he looked completely and utterly unbeatable and it is astonishing just what COVID did to disrupt the planet
1: well, you know, the funny thing about uh, Donald Trump was that people queued to see him, and I'm sure it was just a celebrity factor. I don't think it indicated any political support on any level, particularly in that crowd. But um, it was amazing. Everybody wanted to have a kind of glimpse of this man, um, I think just because he was such a, a big headline across the world and had been for so long. So so that I found that quite interesting, I must say.
0: Yeah, and, and again, COVID was being whispered about because people were aware of it, but we had no idea of the scale. I mean, I came back via Dubai and I just, you know, I I would hate to be in a crowd like that without any sort of um, PPE on (laughs) um, because nowadays it's unthinkable to go through uh, congested airports, sit on congested planes and congested conference centers in the way that we were doing just 12 months ago. Vale, it's a Brazilian coal mining group. It um, started mining in 2011 for coal in Mozambique now they're looking to sell. Is this worries about incursions from the north? What's going on?
1: I think it's—it's. It's, um, there probably is a little bit of that. But uh, I think the bigger picture is, is this kind of pressure for for you know climate change um, to be carbon become carbon neutral etc. and you'll find a lot of the big um, fossil fuel pro- uh, producers oil and gas coal etc. are moving out of the space and and uh, Vale has um, a, a, a ambition to be carbon neutral by 2050. It certainly doesn't want to be out of step with the rest of the world and you are seeing other big uh, companies going into the space. So what is happening is they are now um, looking to sell their their assets. In in Mozambique, and now this is a, and as much as this was a game changer when they came into Mozambique, mm-hmm. from the sheer scale of the investment, of the sort of t- potential tax revenues, of jobs, uh, exports, etc., it's also a game changer, kind of reversing out the other way, because actually all those jobs are going to be lost. It has a large investment in the Nakala um, rail and port project, which is 900 kilometres of rail to, to Beira, um, which, which they move the, the, the coal along. And, and and it's just a generally um, a, such a bad time for mozambique which is already in in trouble to have um it, it is it's not an immediate pullout they are going to continue for a while um, with coking coal which is the high quality product um and looking to sell the mine to probably china or india but uh, nevertheless it's it's really a bad time for mozambique particularly because of the of the uh, insurgency in the northern areas which might um, have also an impact on their on the gas bonanza that they are expecting from northern mozambique um to help them um, survive, basically. so it's a, it's a very, very big story for for mozambique and 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 it really, again, it just shows how the world has changed. they They started producing coal in Mozambique. Um, in in uh, 2011, so just about a decade ago. So in a year, in a decade, I mean, the world is just continually on the move, it seems. So it's another sign of, of, of where we are going. And there's a lot of change now. This climate change kind of pressure is really taking hold. And this is a very big indication of that.
0: Well, certainly is. Uh, I saw a newspaper headline online this week, a Zimbabwean paper, talking about government ministers retreating to their farms. And the newspaper was outraged as ordinary people were trapped in cities and trapped in close environments. Government ministers were heading for the hills, literally, as the wealthy and the privileged often do in times of, of pestilence and pandemic.
1: Well, there's been, you know, there might have been also reading the headlines that said three ministers have died um, so far this year and um from COVID, and uh it it has caused a lot of concern in zimbabwe it certainly seems to have triggered a a proper response from the from the president and from the government which has hitherto been quite um uh, a bit sort of vague about a lot of this COVID stuff with piecemeal interventions a reliance on foreign aid and 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 foreign embassies to help out etc all the while building up private capacity to deal Um, you know, to to treat uh, ministers and um, uh, high-profile politicians. You know, normally these people would escape to South Africa primarily, but other parts of the world to be treated. But actually, COVID has made it very difficult to do that. And, and and a lot of Zimbabweans are saying that you reap what you sow. So these ministers are now being forced to use the domestic health system, which has had no investment for years and is really on its knees, certainly the public health sector. Um. And, and now these ministers are dying in the very hospitals they've neglected. or not they, but the government they represent has neglected for so long. So it's a bit of the chickens coming home to roost in a way. And, and I know that's not a nice way to put it when people are dying. But I think it's been four ministers in total out of a cabinet of about 22 into, um, uh, ministers. So it's it's. I think it's really, uh, sometimes you need the kind of optics of big names to really get people to pay attention. And, and the numbers there have tripled since the beginning of December. Um, partly blamed, I think as many are with us, uh, blaming it on our, our um, uh, more infectious virus that's, that's come around and that people have been taking this home with them over the Christmas holidays. Um, etc but i think if it spurs um, more action in the in the COVID space zimbabwe also doesn't have a vaccine lined up and there seems to be a lot of prevaricating about which one they should take and how they're going to pay for it etc so you know we're not that far behind we might even be ahead of zimbabwe in the in the vac- vaccination space so let's see
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's small mercies i think uh, is is the point you're making uh yeah the the government's they're not decided on vaccines and i suspect they're going to require They're going to rely on donations in order to get vaccinated uh, to try and restore some sort of order. But thank you, Diana Games, Chief Executive at the Business Consultancy, Africa at Work.